Welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan. This is my brother Rustin, and we are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. And we're hoping everybody has a great Tuesday evening. Uh, AP poll came out yesterday. The Vols came in at preseason number 12, which really means absolutely nothing uh, unless you start winning, in which case preseason rankings matter. Like, for example, if you're Georgia, they're going to be pre well, they are preseason number one. So if they win, they ain't moving. So that's when preseason polls matter. But for, for Tennessee's purposes, just win, baby. Uh, so having said that, somebody, I can't remember who it was. If you're watching right now, please let us know if it was you. Somebody asked us several months ago. I mean, I'm talking maybe like in February or March that this season, this upcoming team would be the most hyped team. See what we did there. Uh, the most hyped team since, uh, when since when so we're going to answer that question zach's joining us hey zach good to see you buddy uh welcome welcome here man we're glad you're here um so rustin if you had to answer the question this was the most hyped tennessee team since what year what is your answer to that i'll take butch jones's 2016 <coughs> sorry butch jones 2016 team um they were preseason number nine end up going nine and four finished number 22. Um, if you look back at that roster now and you look at the amount of NFL talent that was on that roster, um, <laughs> that team, that team could have been special. Um, but instead they were nine and four and finished 13 points lower than where they started. So I'll go with them. So I was waiting to see where, you know, this this upcoming season's team came out in the preseason poll. And so when I saw that, I went back and we did not dis we did not give each other who who we were thinking about naming what team before this. But I went I immediately thought of the twenty sixteen team. So I went back and checked, you know, where they started in the preseason poll. And sure enough, just like you said, they were number nine. So I was like, well, numerically, I guess you'd have to say them. Uh, because let's be honest, we all thought they were gonna we all expected them to win the SEC East that year, and they should have because they beat Florida and Georgia and still didn't win the SEC East. How is that even possible? But somehow they managed it. Uh, all they had to do was beat Vanderbilt to end the season, and they couldn't do it. Uh, if memory serves correctly, I'm pretty sure I remember watching LSU play, uh, and all LSU had to do was score a touchdown from the one yard line on third and goal. And that would have caused a tiebreaker situation where Tennessee still would have won, even if they had lost to Vanderbilt and they didn't get it. They called timeout run back out there and there was confusion coming out of the timeout on fourth and goal from the one. And they missed it then too. And Tennessee did not make it to the SEC championship game. They should have been in the SEC championship game that year. My goodness. You had, talent all over the place on that team so and so i just just on the offensive side of the ball okay these i pulled up all this season stats from 2016 let me read to you what the offensive side of the ball had that at the time nobody realized but now listen to this josh dobbs jalen hurd alvin kamara john kelly Jawan jennings Josh Malone, Ethan Wolf, Jason Croom, Preston Williams, Brandon Johnson, Jakob Johnson, and Marquez Callaway. All but one of those guys are still in the NFL. 
Yep. Uh, it was just, oh my goodness. I mean, after, after they beat Georgia, you know, everybody's saying this team of destiny at that point. I mean, after that incredible win and, oh man, how in the world, how <laughs> in the world did that team not make the SEC championship game? Unbelievable. And, you know, they, they were nine and four, but that ninth win was a bowl game win. So they were really, they finished the season eight and four after being ranked preseason number nine. Ah, it's just heartbreaking. And on the Uh, defensive side of the ball, there were seven guys who recorded a stat that season who are still in the NFL. So there was almost 20 players on that roster that seven years later are still in the NFL. (laughs) That's a tough pill to swallow right there. Uh, Doug agreed with us. He said the 2016 team. Uh, Jody Wooten said 97. Peyton was coming back, and we thought we were going to win a national championship. Um, I mean, I I guess so. Uh, I think, you know, you could say 2001 also had a pretty substantial uh, expectation on them. And unfortunately, you know, that – well, I'm not going to go there. But, uh, you know, 2001 would be another season where there was a lot of expectation coming into that season. Even 99. Like, I mean, coming off a national championship – um, T Martin returns. And I mean, you could even say, you know, that was a, a year where there was a lot of expectation. Uh, Zach agreed. He said hyped team has to be 2016 or 2018. Um, speaking of the 2016 team, Doug said pork <laughs> by Bush Jones should have won the East. Absolutely. That is 100% a correct take. Uh, as, I believe that was bad. As bad as, bad as Butch's last season was, 2016 might have been worse. Because when you when you look at it now and you look at just the unbelievable level of talent that was on that roster, nine and four is completely unacceptable. I mean, it yeah, it, it is mind blowing that they lost four games with twenty NFL players. Yep. One of which was to Vanderbilt with the SEC championship game on the line. Yep. I mean, holy moly. <laughs> uh Zach said we're ranked 12th, right? That is correct. We are preseason number 12. Um, oh, nice, Zach. Nice. He said they butchered the job. Nice. Uh, they could have they could have made it to the championship, and they, they, they butchered it. Yep, absolutely. Brick by brick, they did that. Um, that brought memories of that commercial where he's smoothing out the bricks on the, on the mailbox back to my mind just then. Uh, Zach said he thinks a couple of those 2016 guys have Super Bowl rings. Uh, one of them had the NFL Rookie of the Year, Alvin Kamara. I, mean, just, I was just looking at that. It looks like two of them have have Super Bowl rings. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable uh, what what was there, and you're you're sitting at undefeated, having beaten Florida, having beaten Georgia. Oh, it's. That's heartbreaking. Uh, well, so moving on from that, because that, that was much sadder than I anticipated. <laughs> uh, Let's start the show I, in a state of depression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, seriously, that that I think that is a safe bet that this is the most hyped team, especially if you're just looking at the numerics of it, with uh, we're preseason ranking since 2016. There's one other thing we want to talk about tonight. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point, Doug. Pretty bad when Will Muschamp can outcoach you. 
and Will Muschamp is sitting there dropping the F-bomb at the entire student section uh, in Neyland Stadium saying, you know, uh, oh, whoa, Carl, you the man. Uh, look at this. Carl, you just gave us our first ever super chat, man. Like, that is the coolest thing. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Ten dollars. How about that, man? You are the man. Uh, that I is didn't awesome. even know that was an option. <laughs> yeah. We, well, it, <laughs> so I hadn't told Rustin about that yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, just so everybody knows, and Rustin, here, you'll find out now. <laughs> yeah, too. be good to find this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, now that our, you know, we've crossed over the threshold for monetization, you know, we're in the YouTube partner program, that opens up a lot of different options. Uh, as far as, um, you know, super chats where people can donate during live streams. Uh, it opens up, um, you know, membership opportunities. We can have memberships on our channel now. And and uh, we that was something I've been really kicking around in my mind the last few days of what could we offer for memberships. And, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, we could do merch stuff as part of it. Uh, there's a, you know, obviously a lot of stuff we can do in season with like, college football pick them, you know, thing during the week. Um, a lot of fun stuff we could do with that. So uh, that's actually something that Rustin and I, uh, we're going to be talking about over the next week or so, trying to figure out what we want to do heading into this season. Um, but Carl, you made history, man. Like I, that is awesome. <laughs> the first ever super chat in the history of the Vol Bros. And so we, we really appreciate that, man. You're the man. Thank you so much um i'm just Zach, glad somebody did it so i could find out we actually had the ability that was, <laughs> that was news to me that's awesome that's, that's awesome um you know zach was talking about as far as like thinking about the 2016 team and what could have been he said you know it's just battered vol syndrome flaring up in us thinking about that and that's right it will bring about battered vol syndrome if we think about it too much <laughs> um but so we um you know, the other thing we want to talk about tonight uh, is the AP poll was released. We are, you know, this this team is, it's more hype than it was last year. And, you know, the, things are starting to swirl now, just like we said they would about Joe Milton. Uh, you're seeing all these like, you know, uh, NFL watch list kind of thing, you know, Twitter accounts talking about Joe Milton has potentially the strongest arm in the game and all this kind of stuff. And, I mean, we said that was going to happen, and sure enough, here it comes, right? I mean, everybody knew it was going to happen. And, I mean, you can't throw a ball 90 yards and people not go, whoa, check that out. You know I mean? Like, that's going to catch people's attention, and it has. And so now, hopefully, he can manage that hype as well because he personally is getting a lot of hype. Um, so the AP poll, I'm going to share my screen, put the AP poll up on the screen here. So, obviously um, – Oh, amen, Carl. Totally agree. Carl said, batter vols is gone. Uh, we have the right coaches and the right administration behind it. Absolutely. We are batter vol syndrome true. survivors. Uh, we are batter vol syndrome survivors now. And so, uh, you know, if, if anybody wants the batter vol syndrome shirt, we got you hooked up at volbros.com. Uh, batter vol syndrome survivor right there. Uh, you got that just, loaded up quick. <laughs> I sure did. I, I actually I have that screenshot saved in StreamYard for if we ever need it. I can just click it real quick. Um, you know, that's one thing that I was thinking about with like, we could do different levels of membership and one of the levels, everybody get a batter ball syndrome survivor shirt. If you join that level, that kind of thing. And, uh, we could even do like, you could have like stickers. So like if you, if you comment, you're noticed as somebody who's a member 
And like, hmm. we could have one level where they get like an honorary bro sticker that's by their name or honorary sis sticker by their name. That'd be pretty cool. Huh. Tons of stuff we could do. Tons of stuff. Um, Who knew? But the AP poll. Uh, so Georgia, no, no shocker there. They come out number one. Uh, I did notice there was an article that came out yesterday about the statistical likelihood of a team three-peating. And it was very interesting. Uh, totally unsurprisingly, it is not very likely. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how Carson Beck handles this season. That's the bottom line for Georgia. Yep. Uh, they got, uh, he has to, he has to control that offense and manage that offense. So it'll be really interesting and to see what happens there. And he's got to stay healthy um, because yeah, yeah. You know, he's the only quarterback on the roster that's gotten game reps. Um, his backup, Brock Vandegrift, is insanely talented, but he's never taken a college snap. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if something does happen to Carson Beck. Is Brock Vandegrift ready to go do it? Um, it, it it's going to be... It's going to be fascinating to watch that unfold. Yeah, and you know, I think that's one reason why this see this this season's Georgia game might be a little different in Neyland Stadium because Carson Beck has never taken a snap inside Neyland Stadium before. So, that's a whole different ball game. I mean, you think about that first quarter when the fans are so pumped up and screaming and yelling Man, that's going to be really hard for him to hear. That uh, that's a whole it, you can't simulate that in practice. It's a whole different thing when you step on that field. Uh, I mean, I still go back to what Oklahoma's offensive lineman said after the 2015 game. He said that was a different kind of loud. He said like you could feel it. It was so loud. I mean, like that's a whole different ball game for Carson when he steps in there. Um, Michigan preseason number two. <laughs> excuse me, preseason number two. I think that is 100%, uh, well, not a hundred percent, but primarily attributed to their offensive line. Uh, a lot of people are saying Michigan will have the best offensive line in the country this year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. They're also, happens. The most, they're also the most veteran team in America. They return more snaps than anybody else in the country. Wow. Um, so, uh, Michigan comes in number two, Ohio State number three. I mean, no shocker there. Michigan, Ohio State, they it's like a so, perennial thing to have them up there. So I and yeah, preseason AP polls, who knows? Like these these people are just guessing. And the first three weeks are the weeks when it really shuffles because that's when everybody has their freak out moment. Somebody that they yeah. thought was going to be good loses early, and all of a sudden they jump people up 10, 12 spots and drop people down 10, 12 spots. Um, that happened last year. Game one, Florida played Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was number 20 in the preseason. They beat Florida week one, and everybody thought, oh, Mark Stoops has finally arrived, and they jumped them all the way up to number seven by week two. Hmm. Um, and we all know how that ended. Not um, well for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there will be some freak out movement where pollsters will just bump people around, but I'm not sold on Ohio State. I, I, I think they've got talent, but it's a lot of unproven talent. And I think there's some holes in their schedule. Overall, it's a really weak schedule. Yeah, I was about but, to say. But the teams that are good on it are 
I think it lays out to where they could, there could potentially be a couple of upsets in there. Um, and I don't think they'll beat Michigan in Michigan. So I, I would not be surprised at all if this Ohio state team goes nine and three. And at the end of the year, everybody's going, wait, what happened? Um, yeah. And with their strength of schedule, nine and three will drop them down around 20, 21, 22, um, because their strength of schedule is really weak. Doug, you are the man. I appreciate it, Doug. He said, love your channel. Go Big Orange. Why didn't we start tag. doing this yeah. earlier? <laughs> well, you just could, we just could start like last week. That was the first time we could do it. it a, um, you are the man, Doug. We appreciate that so much. Uh, let's see. Some other comments came in. So we'll, we'll go with this one um, from Zach because he said, oh, heck no, Bama is ahead of us. Come on, man. And so he's right at number four. Alabama comes in preseason number four. And, and this is really interesting because, I mean, if there is a case study this season on the importance of a quarterback on a college football team, it will be Alabama because they got the they got dudes, I mean, all over the field. The one position where it's like, do they have a dude is at quarterback. And so we're going to see just how important a quarterback is for a college football team this season. And I think we all agree it's probably pretty important. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a Volbro understatement of the century right there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Alabama. Uh, they are, let's see here. They are really good at every other position, though. And if that quarterback can just be a good game manager, whoever wins the job, and right now it's looking like Jalen Milrow. But if that person can just manage the game, there's enough guys around on both sides of the ball, they're going to win a lot of games. Yep. Uh, Doug said after Carl gave the super chat, he said, Carl will go down in history as a number one Volbros fan. <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, he said fan with binoculars lo looking up for signs of the sky fall. <laughs> yeah, that's batter, batter Vol syndrome, but Hey, that's right. We're, we're, we're gone. Batter Vol syndrome is gone. Doug said that, or, or Carl said that earlier. Uh, our batter Vol syndrome is gone now. Uh, he said, Douglas, uh, love the show, but, but keep missing live sitting at airport and, Tampa waiting for friends. Why well, we appreciate you uh, tell the good folks in Tampa airport that we uh we the Volbros said hey and that uh they're sitting near a celebrity having Carl there with them, the first guy to ever give a super chat near the Volbros live stream. Thank you. That's awesome. There's there's worse airports to be in. The Tampa airport's actually pretty nice. I I like flying into there. There's I can give you a list of really bad ones. <laughs> Uh, and then, like I said, you know, Doug gave that uh, super chat earlier. And, man, we are so appreciative of that, Doug. Thank you so much. That's awesome. And Carl applauded Doug for the super chat. Um, Carl said, I like number 12 through number 10. Good place to start. Just when everything else takes care of itself. Yep. 100% agree. Uh, so that Doug is referring to Tennessee's – excuse me, Carl's referring to Tennessee's uh, preseason ranking at number 12. He's exactly right. I mean, if you win, it, it's going to work itself out. Like, that's the, that's the bottom line. Because, uh, oh, <laughs> Carl said they hear about the Vols in the airport, whether they like it or not. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Tell those Gator fans that the Vols are coming, man. They're coming to Gainesville in just a, a little over a month. Um, he's he's not around Gator fans. He's in he's uh, in South Florida's backyard. He's hanging out with Coach Golish. Well, that's true. That's that's a good point. That's a the good Bulls, point. The Bulls are right down the street. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Uh, Zach said he's not a fan of this AP poll. <laughs> uh, so number five is LSU. 
So this is interesting because LSU is getting a ton of hype. Oh, yeah. I just realized I didn't change the lower third on the screen. AP poll reactions. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> um, LSU is getting a ton of hype right now. That's going to be really interesting to see like how that pans out for them. I think that opening game against Florida state is going to tell us a whole lot of what, what's going to happen. Uh, I saw somebody uh, saying that LSU could, I can't remember who it was now, but it was like the bowl. I think it was like Saturday down South and they were doing their bowl predictions for the sec for the season. And they predicted LSU to get four losses. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. Um, but that's the only person I've seen, like giving them, you know, negative pub. Uh, Carl said USF ball South Annex. That's right. That's right. Having Coach Golish down there. Um, Doug said, hate to leave early. We got an errand to run. We'll watch the replay. Looking forward to the next live stream. Go big orange. Hey, thanks, Doug. We appreciate it, man. You're the man. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Carl said LSU overhyped. Uh, I mean, that's definitely potential. Absolutely. This will be uh, this will be the first pollster freakout game. Whoever wins oh, this game, yes. this opening game between LSU and Florida State, whoever wins will immediately catapult to number three behind yeah. Georgia and Michigan. And whoever loses will get dropped to like 20. And <laughs> and the pollsters will lose their minds and and you know say, oh well, we over we overhyped this one or this one, you know, is way yeah. better than we thought. Um, and this this will be the first freak out game of the year. Well, especially if it's a blowout. Yeah. Uh, if it's a blowout, yeah, that's definitely going to – somebody's going to be dropping if it's a blowout. If it's close, they might stay, you know, just outside the, the top ten. But if there's an undefeated team, they're not going to, you know, have if, – if Florida State loses, they're not going to have an undefeated Clemson or an undefeated, you know, Washington that we're about to see them show up on the screen. They're not going to have them behind Florida State. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So Carl's talking about, you know, um, Alabama being on here. We are talking about their quarterback situation earlier. Um, he said, you know, that, that they, they don't have a Bryce Young back there anymore. Um, and so, uh, I mean, that you know, that's the thing. Like, if you don't have – the quarterback's going to hold the ball and every, he's going to touch the ball every single play. So if you don't have a guy there you can trust that's going to make great decisions, and I mean, if the fact that they had to bring in Buckner from Notre Dame at Alabama potentially he's, right now, right now he's in third place. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's got to be going through his mind right now. He left, you know, possibly yeah. fighting for a starting job at Notre Dame to being completely out of the running. Like he, he's not getting any first team snaps anymore. It's solely Milrow and Ty Simpson, and Milrow's been getting the majority. Hmm. Uh, USC coming in at number six. I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's going to be not that incredibly difficult of a schedule. Uh, you know, obviously you got the Heisman returner. So, um, but you know what's interesting we'll about them? Like they don't have a very difficult schedule, but the hard games they do have, they could lose every one of them. So they're they're just like Ohio State. They could easily go yeah. nine and three, um, you know, with, without without much without much weirdness happening. Like there there's legitimately yeah. potentially three losses on their schedule. Um, so that's another said, one. It'll be fascinating to see how they go. Yep. 
Uh, Zach said LSU, USC, FSU, Clemson, Bama, uh, and Penn State. None of them should be ahead of Tennessee. Um, you know, the thing with with Penn State, and they're up next on the list here, at number seven. Who knows, man? Like that's the thing with Penn State. It is you don't know what you're going to get from year to year with them. Uh, so we'll see what happens this year. I mean, that's a it's not a cakewalk first game, you know, against West Virginia. So we'll see what happens. Um, Tyler, uh, join us. Welcome, Tyler. Uh, Carl agreed with Zach. Uh, Tyler's joining us. I appreciate you, Tyler. He said he thinks that this is the most hyped team since 2016, and we agree. Uh, he said, you know, they're preseason ninth coming off trouncing Northwestern, loaded talent-wise as well. All right, so that I'm glad you mentioned that bowl win on New Year's Day against Northwestern of 2016 because – I saw a clip of that just the other day. It was when uh, Evan Barry returned the uh, – no, it was Eric Barry. When he, no, Evan Barry. I'm getting my berries mixed up. Uh, when Evan Barry returned the interception 100 yards in the, at the end of that game, and um, somebody – I think – I want to say it was Joe Tessator, but I could be wrong. But uh, it's, whoever it was calling the game was – he said, in 2016 is going to be a great year for the Vols if it keeps going like this, that kind of thing. And we were all like, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then it ended up not being. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that you're exactly right. That is that is the year. That's the year. Uh, Carl said, Big Ten love and both USC and LSU are media darlings. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Oh, Carl was at that uh, that game against Northwestern. Uh, Zach said, it doesn't really matter though, because Tennessee will take care of business. That's right, Zach. I love it, buddy. That's right. Um, so Florida state at number eight, who knows? I mean, come on. Uh, as weird as it is to say it, I think this opening game is going to be the tone setter for their entire season. Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell has been teetering on that. Is he still a good coach? Can he turn the corner at Florida state? Or is he a group of five coach who's never going to figure it out? And as weird as it sounds to say it, I think this game is going to determine that. I think it'll set the tone for their whole year. I totally agree with you. Because, I mean, you know, you know, because we've been there as Tennessee fans. Uh, we, we've been there as, you know, uh, bat, as battered vol survivors. We, we've been – in situations where you enter the season and you're like, I mean, is we're supposed to be good? Like, and then, you know, you got that little hesitancy about you. Like, what if something bad happens? <laughs> uh, I'll prime example, the opening game of, I think it was the 2017 season against Georgia tech um, in the, mercedes-benz stadium in that chick-fil-a opening game whatever they called it and butch ended up wearing the the helmet the leather helmet so rustin and i were there that game and man it was just bad like you know fortunately we won and it was i think it was double overtime that we won um you know there was a blocked field goal uh chant you know fans were chanting it's great to be a tennessee vols we left but you know you're sitting there watching that and you're like are we going to get better like ever, you know? 
That was the game Butch had the defensive line lining up a yard off the ball to avoid being chop blocked. And so Georgia Tech was just running power over and over and over yep. and just blowing us off the ball because we had already taken ourselves off the line of scrimmage. Yep, that's right. Uh, Carl, it was good to see you, buddy. Uh, he, he's got some friends showing up. So good to see you, Carl. We hope uh, your flight is right on time. Uh, wasn't Carl the one that was in the, the person I think that was Doug? I think he was picking people up at the airport. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. Um, well, it was good to have you with us, Carl. I uh, love having you, man. Thank you so much for that super chat. We appreciate it. Um, let's see. Raspberry, blueberry, and black. <laughs> All my berries. I got my berries mixed up. Evan mm-hmm. Berry, Eric Berry. Uh, let's see. Rebecca said, better to climb the ranking slow and steady than fall fast. We'll get to the top. Oh, 100%. Yes. As long as we're making progress. up, I, I mean, absolutely. Uh, yep. 100% agree. Uh, let's see. Just a man of Michigan said, I don't know if I buy into Norvell, not impressed yet. He didn't beat a team with a winning record in conference play last year. Uh, I think that's a great analysis. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's my thing is what if that opening game LSU wins by, let's say, let's say it's not a blowout, but let's say they win by like 14 points. He'll immediately be he'll immediately be on the hot seat. I totally agree. Because I mean if you're if you are a Florida State fan, you have just like just a man in Michigan just said, you have not seen anything to any sustained success from Norvell in Florida State yet where you can you can hang your hat on that like no, nah, I know it's going to get better because you don't know that if you're a Florida State fan. And so if if you if you go into this this season and you got this big time opening game against LSU, you, you're hopeful. You're like, yes, I because we've all been there. You're hopeful, like this could be our this could be your comeback season. And if you lose it, you're gonna be like, oh man, not again. You know, I mean, like that's that's what they're facing. Um, Zach said, or Rebecca, we go to number one and crush all of our opponents. <laughs> I love Zach's optimism. He's just like, you know what? Let's just just go dominate. I love it. It's great. Um, all right, we got you, Zach. We appreciate it, man. Um, Tyler said, people seem to be riding off Florida State, but did we not all think LSU would run them out of the Superdome last year? Then what happened? I totally agree. And so, here's the question. I actually didn't. I picked Florida State in that game. Um, and I, I, I still – I go back to what I was saying earlier – I think the issue is Mike Norvell has never proven he can sustain success. And, and they're at a point in the program where they're, they're all kind of looking at him going, it's now or never. And so I, I think they better show up and they better play really, really well. And if the wheels come off and LSU beats their doors in, it's going to be a long year in Tallahassee. Especially now that, his backfield is getting national attention. Yep. Like that's, that's one thing that, you know, we've seen on ESPN and on Twitter or excuse me, X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. Um, you know, that's one thing we've seen over the last, I guess you could say less than a week. Uh, even like national media people at ESPN were saying, you know, this, this could be the most dynamic backfield in the, in the country and all this kind of stuff. So they're getting, they're getting hyped now they're getting pub. And yep. if you're a fan, you're expecting that to come to fruition and to pan out. 
if it doesn't, oh goodness, you know. Uh, yeah, just made in Michigan said, you remember the turnover trash can versus Georgia Tech and Bears? Yes, we do. So where we were sitting, it, we were behind the Tennessee sideline, and we had a perfect view of them slam dunk. Actually, somebody missed a dunk into the yep. trash can at that game. That was embarrassing. <laughs> I remember ran. <laughs> I remember random fans around us going, why do they have a garbage can? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the Cle- uh, Clemson comes in at number nine. I mean, you know, we should all expect that uh, because it's Clemson and mm-hmm. the media has recency bias. So, I mean, they're used to putting them up there, so they're going to get put up there. ESPN um, ESPN's preparing everybody for 12 games of showing Cade Klubnick's parents in the stands. Yes, it, absolutely. Just get used to it. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Zach said, Russ, even though LS who is a sorry team, they can beat Florida state. Uh, we'll see. Sure. They might this year. They, they absolutely can, but who knows? I, I think both of those teams have a lot to prove. This is the one I have an issue with. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, I mean, if you're in, you know, if if you're a Husky, if you're a Washington fan, you got to be super pumped with the top 10 preseason ranking. I mean, that's got to feel great. Uh, Kudos to Penix Jr. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge honor to them. But what, I mean, like the, if, if you go back and you look at the rest of the the list that we just looked at up, up to this point, and even the next several, these are all based on what, what what they saw last year, that kind of thing. And yes, Washington had a better year that last year, but to put them in preseason top ten, man, that's that's some serious expectations on Washington. What do you think about that? Jerry thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I think Washington, I think Washington's going to finish eight and four. Um, I think when you look at their schedule, there's four games on there, Oregon, Southern Cal, Utah, and at Oregon State that I think they lose. And and so I don't I don't understand. Michael Penix is a great player. For those of you who don't remember, he was actually a backup at Tennessee for a season. Um, you know, Michael Penix is a great player, but one guy isn't going to do it. And I don't see a roster of guys that are overly impressive. And I honestly, I just, I don't, I don't understand this one at all. I don't understand the media fascination with them. Um, the other thing that blows my mind, we've got five pack 12 teams in the top 25, none of which are UCLA who, if you ask the coaches around the pack 12, UCLA is the team they're all most concerned about. And they all think UCLA can win the conference, but the AP didn't even put them in the top 25. So, you know, again, it's going to shake up a lot over the first three or four weeks. I think we'll see UCLA in there really fast. Um, Washington will win probably their first four, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went three and one. They've got to travel to Michigan State. Who knows? Michigan State could sneak up on them. Um, I just, yeah, I don't absolutely. get it. I don't get it. Uh, just a man in Michigan said they're like Kentucky. Quarterback and skill positions are good. Rest of the roster is lackluster. Um, that's, that's fair. 
Uh, Zach, speaking about Clemson, said, you know, they're ranked ahead of Tennessee, even though we beat them uh, in this calendar year. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so that, that that's a good point. Um, Texas we, coming in. We, we've ahead. said this one before. When was the last time Texas won 10 games? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember that you know the day, don't you? 2005. It's been 18 years. I was thinking 07. Yep. It's been 18 years since Texas won 10 games, yet we continue to put them in the top 15. Yep. Uh, Tyler got it. He said 2005. <laughs> um, Zach said 18 more days in Tennessee can shut up all the, all the haters. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, so Texas, number 11. I mean, you know, that'll be interesting. Uh, Quinn Ewers will be the starter for sure, but. Yep. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if Arch is the first guy off the bench in a backup role, that kind of thing. That'd be interesting. Uh, the good guys, the Vols coming in at number 12 on the, on the preseason top 25. I mean, I'll, Hey, that's great, man. Let's, let's go, let's go show some folks. Uh, let's go start the season. Yep. You know, I got my dates backwards. It was 2009. Uh, uh, Justin May Michigan's the Texas was in the championship versus Bama in 09. That's right. Yep. Um, so, you know, Tennessee, here's the thing. I mean, they start the season really, really well, beat South Carolina, beat Texas A&M, and go to Tuscaloosa undefeated. If you do that, talk about a marquee matchup third Saturday in October in Tuscaloosa. Yep. That'll be a huge, huge game. And so that's that should be Tennessee's perspective. Uh, going into this season, um, man, that that could be. They will quickly ascend those those numbers if they go into Tuscaloosa undefeated. Uh, Notre Dame at thirteen. I love you know, I love being number twelve, and and I I love it for two reasons. Number one, it's easy to, as Rebecca said, to incrementally work your way up and still kind of stay in the periphery. Um. Yeah, but from an in- internal perspective, it gives those coaches something that they can keep throwing in front of those guys as a chip on the shoulder moment, and go, yep. look, they think they think Washington's better than you all. They think Clemson's better than you all. You beat them. They, you know, it's, there's an opportunity there to just keep using that. And if you just incrementally move up, all that matters is where you are in November and December. It doesn't matter where you are in September. Absolutely, totally agree. Uh, Notre Dame coming in at 13, you know, we'll see what happens with Notre Dame. It's every year is a toss up, uh, Utah at 14. Hey, Utah's good. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that's, I think they're undervalued there. Yeah. Utah, they, 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 they can play. Um, Zach said, Texas is getting hyped because of arch. And that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, I was happy at the start of the show, but then you showed me this list. <laughs> Sorry about that, Zach. <laughs> be, be happy for the list. The list is good. We don't want to be out in front on the beginning. We don't want a huge bullseye on our back. We want to be able to well, put that's the true. target on everybody else as we go. Uh, Oregon coming in at 15. Kansas State at 16. Um, TCU at 17. Oregon State at 18. And Wisconsin at 19. That Wisconsin one's interesting with Luke Fickle up there now. That's that's yeah, interesting. I, I think all of those are accurate, and people better not sleep on Wisconsin because Luke Fickle's a really good coach, 
and they've got they've got good roster up there. That ta- that roster's deep. It's got some talent. He's a blue collar guy. He does well with kids that like to be blue collar. You know, punch you in the mouth, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of guys. He, I think he's going to thrive in Wisconsin. Uh, kudos to Oregon State for showing up in the preseason twenty five. That's that's pretty good. Uh, it's very interesting that TCU is preseason seventeen. They lost a lot. Like, they lost a ton, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, one other thing, it was it. I think I can't remember if it was Missouri or if it was Mississippi State. I think it was Missouri who plays Kansas State near the beginning of the season this year. It's Missouri. And uh, man, there were people. There were Missouri fans when we did our SEC, you know, preview for each team. There are Missouri fans who are talking about how they're going to beat Kansas State. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> it was unreal, man. Unreal. Uh, Justin Man of Michigan said, Notre Dame, the team that lost to Marshall and Stanford. I get they have talent, but they look like a poorly coached team when I watched them. Even in the bowl game, their quarterback, they're two dumb pick sixes. Yeah. I mean, at some point, they have to live up to the hype to continue getting the hype, right? And they're having to onboard a new offensive coordinator. So, you know, it's, yep. there's always a there's always a learning curve when you make that kind of change. So this is an interesting one here. Oklahoma coming in at number 20. I wonder when the last time Oklahoma was actually that low in the preseason top 25. Um, they got a lot to prove, no doubt. Um, their quarterbacks on the all-name team, uh, that was – you know, anytime you got General Booty as your quarterback, you got the all all name team guy there. North Carolina, okay. So here's here's my bold prediction about this: they're not going to be 21 when after the first few weeks they're going they're going to. You want to talk about a team that's going to move up this list? It's going to be North Carolina because I think they're going to beat South Carolina and uh, in, in Charlotte. It's a neutral site game. Uh, I think they're going to beat them. Um to start the season, Drake may do can play. I mean, like that's the bottom line. Duke can flat out play. And so, you know, I think North Carolina will end up moving up this list. I think Ole Miss probably will move up this list some too. <laughs> Who knows about Texas A&M? Uh, there's no telling what they'll do. They I might saw be at each other's throats. By the- I saw a stat the other day that was fascinating about Texas A&M. They some group went and took all the recruiting rankings from the last four years and tallied them up by roster. Texas A&M by talent and recruiting rankings is the number two team in America. Hmm. So now that's interesting. I think this is a AP pollsters going. Can Bobby Petrino finally use the talent? Because if he can. I mean, according to the rankings, they should be one of the most talented teams in the country. So uh, just yesterday, just yesterday, Bobby Petrino was named to the Broyles watch list, a Broyles <laughs> award watch list. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? They, they, could, they could tear it up. They could just come out and just be unstoppable with their offense and everything, or they could be in each other's throats by week three. I mean, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch that whole situation down there. Uh, yep. Tulane come, go ahead. Oh, you're just saying that. Yes. Uh, Tulane coming in at number 24. So here's the thing. 
when Tulane wears those all blue powder blue uniforms with the helmet with that logo on the side of it, dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, we'll see what kind of year they have, but those uniforms, those that, those are pretty slick uniforms. And then Iowa at number twenty five, which is really really funny. <laughs> They ain't gonna stay in the top twenty-five. <laughs> all that all that tells you is there's a bunch of AP voters in the Midwest. Yep. There's no way. There's no way Iowa will stay in the well, top with as much stuff they got distracting them right now in their program. There's no way they're gonna stay in the top twenty-five. Well, even Tulane. Tulane's not gonna be in the top twenty-five. They lost a yeah. lot. They yeah. they lost a ton of their top producers. Um, they're a seven and five, eight and four team. They're not a top twenty-five team. That's just that's just fantasy holdover from last year. Um, but anybody could look at their roster and go, "There's not a whole lot of production here anymore." Um, yeah, agreed. Zach made a good question. He said, "You know, I know TC, you got blown out in the natty, but how are they seventeen? Because that's fair. And I mean, really, it's just because they lost." Uh, what's his face wide receiver and their quarterback. Um, I can't think of the wide receiver's name right now. Rob Robinson. I can't remember. Um, but you know, they just, they lost their, all of their offensive production essentially. Um, but even so I agree. I mean, it's shocking that a team would drop that far after, you know, losing a national championship game, you, you drop all the way to 17. It's a lot of times the media would just keep him in the, at least in the top 10, just as like throwing him a bone situation. Uh, just a man of Michigan said, kind of like Mississippi State, Wisconsin changing their identity could bite them this year. Whoa, I like that take. Uh, that's maybe that, that's 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 good right there. Um, I, I uh, do think you know, Wisconsin forever was known for fantastic offensive line play and good defense. Luke Fickle is going to bring defense. Like they they are going to be very very good defensively, so that's going to be a good fit. The question is going to be he does he does like to spread it out more, <clears throat> but he runs the power spread, so I think they can take what they do <clears throat> with their offensive linemen and incorporate the power spread into that. And it might look a little bit different than what they've done in the past, but from a run game perspective, it's all about punching you in the mouth. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to do really, really well there. I think that was a great hire. I'll be very surprised if it doesn't go the way I'm, I'm expecting it to. I think he's, he's going to really excel there. Uh, Tyler Goldberg said, hope UNC's defense gets better. Yeah, they do too. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, they're going to put up some points. That's for sure. Yeah, they're going to put up some points. Uh, Mr. Jones said, what do you think the chances are of landing <clears throat> Wingo? So Mr. Jones is referring to Ryan Wingo. He's a wide receiver out of Missouri. With their Did- new law, I don't. I think he's going to Missouri personally this year or next year. Well, that's a good point too. That's a good point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he and Williams Nuare both went to Missouri for one year, cashed in on all the Missouri NIL law. And at the end of their freshman year, transferred to a contender, just like Quinn Ewers did using Ohio state for money and then going to Texas. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, just a man, Michigan said A&M has dumpster fire written all over them. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it sure could be. <laughs> Absolutely. It sure could be. Um, man, that, that's, it's going to be must see TV, honestly, because you know, you know, during their games, there's going to be cameras all over Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. Like that's, yep. that's just the way it's going to be. Um, that's going to be the talk of the, the guys calling the game. They're going to say, you know, wonder who's calling this and that kind of stuff. Anytime there's a controversial, you know, call and doesn't work out, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I wonder if the other one should have called it. Like it's, it could be dumpster fire. You're exactly right. The um, flip side is if Jimbo really does get out of the way. Yeah. If he truly does step away, Bobby Petrino is a heck of a play caller. And with the yeah. talent that's on that roster, if Jimbo really will un- unleash everything, yep. it could be scary. Uh, Mr. Jones bringing up his theory again. I like this. <laughs> what if Amari Jefferson is planning on flipping just to screw Bama out of the pick they thought they had? Tactical warfare for the Vols. I love it. Uh, you know, that's that's – I love conspiracy theory stuff. You know, uh, hey – it it could happen, right? It could happen. Can I, ask, <laughs> can I ask a wide receiver question? Yeah. A couple of years ago, we had a signing class with three wide receivers in it. Chaz Nimrod, um, Caleb Webb, and who? Yeah. Chaz Nimrod, Caleb Webb, and... Oh, gosh. I can't remember. Okay, you know why? Because sometimes kids don't pan out. We all know who Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb are, but nobody ever talks about whoever that third kid was because he didn't pan out. Um, You know, just because a kid decides not to go to Tennessee doesn't mean that the ones we got aren't going to be fine and aren't going to play well. Um, It also doesn't mean that that kid's going to go to Alabama and ever step foot on the field. Because until they get there and they do it live while the bullets are flying, there's a lot of great high school players that never amount to anything in college. There's a lot of good high school players who end up being studs in college. You know, the reality is until they get there and do it, nobody really knows what they have. And that's true. You know, I, I put a lot of faith in who our coaches are recruiting because they've shown a track record of the majority of the kids they sign pan out. But notice I said a majority, because the reality is you will never have recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class where everybody pans out. There's always going to be some kids in there that just can't figure it out. And that's okay. It's not, it doesn't matter. So long as the ones who do figure it out continue to develop and get better and better and better, Um, that's what good coaching staffs do. And I think this staff has shown a really strong ability to evaluate talent. And agreed. I don't, I don't worry about who we get or who we don't get. Um, because I, I feel very comfortable that whoever we do get is going to end up being a really good player. And again, like Ryan Wingo, like Williams, Nawari, maybe we don't get them this year. Maybe we get them next year. Um, you know, there's yes. going to be kids like that. You know, Coach Prime. How many? How many of this year's freshmen at Colorado 
are going to get out there and go, this isn't what I thought it was going to be and jump ship and go to other more prominent schools where they can win and don't get beat up. You know, that's going to happen. You know, that's going to happen all over the country. Now that the portal is a thing, it's going to be forever. And, you know, I'll throw out what we talked about last time. Dante Thornton, Andre Carrick, John Campbell, Keenan Peely, Gabe Judy Lolly. We do pretty stinking well in the transfer portal. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all if somebody goes to another school because maybe it's not a no, it's a not right now. Um, sure. You know, and in two years, we'll go snatch them up when they're better. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rebecca said A&M will get in their own way. Yeah, they could. Very well could happen. Um, it'll be fascinating to watch that play out. Vols time. Welcome, Vols time. Good to have you with us. He said Ole Miss won't stay in the top 25. Uh, potentially, I mean, they're, they're, they'll be pretty good. That running game, yeah. that running game is going to be impressive. They can, yep. They'll be able to run the ball on anybody. Uh, Zach, Zach's getting pumped. I love it. I love it when Zach gets excited. He said, I can't <laughs> believe we're talking about football, getting me excited. I can't wait to hear it's football time in Tennessee. Amen, brother. I, I, I'm all about that. I can't wait to hear that either. And Zach helped us out. He remembered the wide receiver at TCU, Quentin Johnston. Thank you so much. Uh, he was featured in that same documentary that Jalen Hyatt was featured in yeah. of the, um, uh, welcome to the league rookie or something like that. Yeah. Uh, fascinating show. That was a really good show. Uh, oh, oh, this may be my favorite comment of the whole night so far. <laughs> uh, I love, I love this one. They this were in that, Michigan. they were in that others receiving votes portion. That's exactly right. Uh, he said, no Beamer ball couldn't seem to locate them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Zach said Max Dugan was the quarterback. That's right. He said, uh, oh, oh, Mr. Jones. <laughs> so Mr. Jones bringing the heat with the puns again and the, and the one-liners. He said, if Jimbo could put his neutrinos to the side and let Petrino call plays, they can be good. Uh, true statement. Yeah, absolutely. Zach said, uh, Jimbo Fisher, get out of the way. That's like saying Georgia fans not being dummies. <laughs> also a true statement. Hey, we had a guy. It was I, I was nice. I could have been not nice. Um, but we had a guy comment on a video the other day. And um, it the, so back in January, we did a video. It was we did our top five plays of the 2022 season. And so Russ and I went back and forth, you know, his number five, my number five. We did. We counted down the top five plays. And this guy, he's a Georgia fan. Okay, that was in January when we did that video. It is now August. <laughs> and this Georgia fan commented and goes, hmm, funny. Didn't see any plays against Georgia in there. <laughs> and uh, I replied back to him, and I was like, I said, kudos to you, buddy, for bringing that, uh, for getting the attention or something like that. I can't remember what I said, but I was, I was nice. I I, uh, I could have been a smart aleck, but I was nice to him. Um, uh, Mr. Jones said, anybody we keep from Amari, like Amari Jefferson, anybody we keep from Bama is a bonus. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, let's see. 
Oh, okay. This is a good point. Justin Man in Michigan said, speaking of like recruiting and trying to evaluate talent, he said, remember when Derek Barnett got little to no hype when he signed and then came in the camp and he just dominated immediately. You just never know. Yeah, that's a totally fair point. Uh, totally fair point. Now, if I'm correct, Mr. Uh, Justin Man in Michigan, you can let us know this, but if I'm remembering correctly, you would have been at Tennessee the, at least shared one or two years at the same time Derek Barnett was there, but you can let us know in the comments, but I think, I think I'm right in remembering that. Um, uh, so maybe, uh, you know, he said if, if A&M doesn't pan out, then maybe we should go after Walter Nolan. I mean, there's, you know, there's, that's a two-sided coin. Uh, Rustin's probably sitting there thinking, you know, some people say that his attitude in the locker room is detrimental, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? I, I know too many high school coaches that are connected to him. Um, great player. He's, he's, he's absolute defensive starter. Um, not sure you want him in your locker room, but kids can change. Volstein makes a very good point here. You know, a Georgia being, and, and really the, the reason that this is a, an important point is because of the AP poll that we just looked at. You know, Georgia gets preseason number one in the AP poll, and their schedule is Cupcake City, like Volstime said. I mean, you can make a case South Carolina be a tough game. Coming to Neyland is by far their toughest game on their schedule. Uh, even I have a real good friend, uh, lives up street from me. Um, he, even he he's a Georgia fan. He said, yeah, I mean, Neyland – that's going to be – he thinks Tennessee is going to beat Georgia in Neyland. Um, but he even he said that, that's their toughest game on their schedule, no doubt. Um, so having been preseason number one, I mean, if they just handle their business all the way up until the Tennessee game, they're going to get in the playoff. Even if they lose that Tennessee game, then they're not going to make it to the SEC championship game. And so they just have a back door into the playoff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Beamer can be a dreamer. Then he runs into the Vols and gets woken up in a cold sweat. Nice. Um, I, I, that is well played, Mr. Jones. They'll probably print that out and put it in their locker room for the game as bulletin board material. Um, I like that. That's good, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Zach said that was his PG answer about uh, – <laughs> um, the Zach, oh, the, about the Georgia fans. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tyler said the 2016 team in some aspects is an example of having a lot of hype slash no hype and not painting out slash painting out. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they might they be the been... most disappointing team in the last 50 years on that campus. For what they should have accomplished, yes. Um, absolutely. Uh, Again, especially now that we know the full extent of how much talent really was on that roster. I mean, right. 20 guys that are still playing in the NFL. Yeah. It's just unheard of. Um, Mr. Jones said if Walter Allen was in our locker room, it would work out. <laughs> uh Zach said, could he be another Jeremy Banks situation like Walter Nolan? So, I think Mr. Jones made a comment up earlier um, where he said it's about the people he's around. Oh, yeah. I got um, you. 
I don't know if Mr. Jones knows Walter. Um, that's an, that is a very true statement. Um, so again, kids can change, um, based on some of the things I know about A&M and the internal workings of their locker room. Um, I don't think the people he's around has improved. Um, so again, kids can change, but I'm not sure you want that in your locker room right now. Uh, just a minute, Michigan. So I was, I was right. He said he was senior in high school in 2014, uh, started to fall UT football after he knew he was coming there. So that's a really good point because so Derek would have been there, uh, the same, uh, couple, at least a couple of years while, while, um, while Justin man, Michigan was there. So that was good. Um, 2016 best game was Georgia game and that Hail Mary catch. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, probably but, the, but the flip side of that is when Butch Jones dropped on his knees and started crying on the field, I think we all knew at that moment, he's not the guy. <laughs> like, the head football coach at Tennessee doesn't drop on his knees and cry on a field. Like, well, oh, and, and you know, on the low point that year is you go into the Bama game or not Bama game that the yeah uh, the Vanderbilt game. All you have to do, all you have to do, is be Vanderbilt, and you're in the SC championship game, and you blow it. Yeah, that's just that was rough. Uh, oh, Tyler said he was at that game in Athens. Um, he said also being in Columbia and Nashville was awful seeing them lose those games. Yeah, I can imagine, especially the the Vanderbilt game. I can imagine so much, all, everything right there in front of you for the taking, and they just didn't do it. Um, Mr. Jones said no one has been happy at A&M when you're losing. It's hard to be happy. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's a great point. Uh, fans, players alike, absolutely. Um, Georgia went seven and five that year. Yeah. Um, Butch did have UT in his name. <laughs> That's true. He did. Um, uh, Zach said no toxic energy when you're going after championships. Um, so, you know, I think as we look at the AP poll, you can't be, too upset if you're a Tennessee fan. I mean, obviously you could say, wait a second, there's several teams ahead of us that we beat last year. But what that shows is there is a lot of, uh, I don't know the word, the best word to use for this, uh, ex expectancy and hope about Joe Milton, but it hasn't been proven repeatedly yet. And I think that's why you got a number 12 ranking. Um, if if people were confident in him to, to be the dude that he could be, I think you'd see Tennessee at number seven or eight. But, you know, I think that's why we're at 12. There's also a lot of national media members who have votes in the AP poll. And um, Vol Twitter and the national media have not had the greatest relationship over the last few years. <laughs> So it's highly probable that that's a fair statement. <laughs> some of Tennessee's ranking is affected by that. Um, just a thought. Absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, Mr. Jones said that smoky gray game against Florida. Oh yeah, man. Like Josh, uh, no, it was Juwan Jennings going up over the back of that dude, making that catch. That was crazy. 
uh, Ethan Wolf with a great directly over his head catch in the back of the end zone. That was a, that was a great game. Um, Jalen Tabor falling down. That was awesome. Uh, and Juwan Jennings making the catch down the sideline. That was the duck pulling the truck game. That was a deep cut reference. Um, the Georgia or the Florida player saying, does it kind of duck pull a truck? I, I have a shirt that that was printed after that game where it was Josh Dobbs and I think Juwan Jennings and somebody else in a truck uh, with a duck pulling it. <laughs> uh, that was fun times. And then he said, followed up by that Hail Mary at Georgia. Um, Tyler said, Tennessee's in a great position ranking-wise for having only had one truly successful season as of late. 12 is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I, I think that's a <clears throat> totally fair take. Absolutely. That's a, I, I totally agree, 100%. It's a really good. It's a really good perspective on it. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Mr. Jones talking about that Florida game, saying you know we were getting booed walking out the field at halftime because they didn't try to score at the end of the first half. I remember that uh, they settled to go into halftime. People were like, "Are you kidding me? We're down so much. Why are we taking this going into halftime?" I remember that. Uh, oh, Zach was there. That was cool. That was awesome. Uh, let's see here. Ever seen a duck pull a truck? Yep, uh, he remembered. Um, <laughs> uh, so, just a man in Michigan said, "Off topic. Tennessee hasn't had a first team All SEC corner since Jason Allen in 2004." Hey, now that's a good question. He said, "Vandy has a more recent one. Why has Tennessee consistently struggled to recruit and develop that position?" Wow, that is a phenomenal question. It's a good question. Uh, so somebody's already chiming in. Volstam said Jordan Matthews is impressing coaches. Uh, so he, we got today what I had been hoping for for a long time now, and that was Gabe Judy Lolly was given a microphone again today. Um, after practice, he, they had uh, they had Coach Martinez and a bunch of defensive backs, a whole bunch of them. Interestingly, Jalen McCullough was not one of them. I thought that was interesting, but Gabe Judy Lolly was. That's the first time we've gotten to hear him since before the fall started. And people were asking him, you know, what what he thought about some of the younger guys. And just like Volstheim said, he mentioned uh, he mentioned Jordan Matthews. He mentioned Christian Conyer. Uh, he said he's got he's he's developed more than anybody the young guys that he's taken huge steps from the spring to now. That's good to hear. Um, but I, I mean, that's, I, I, that's a great question. Just a man in Michigan. Um, you know, why, why has Tennessee struggled to develop that position? I'd say Cam Sutton is probably uh, our best corner that we've had in the last decade. Um, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's, you're exactly right. I, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, hopefully that's the tide on that is starting to turn. Uh, and with the recruiting class that we have coming in now and excuse me, the, the, the guys that just got on campus, this freshman class of Jordan Matthews. Uh, oh gosh, there's another one that they mentioned that uh, gave Judy Lolly mentioned by name today. Ricky Gibson, Ricky Gibson, Ricky Gibson. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, all those guys, Hopefully they make names for themselves here, um, because 
it's a vitally important position. Well, it's not going to happen this year. So, so don't hold your breath um, because yeah. one of them is already Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, he, he's already won one of those spots in the season hasn't even started yet. Um, you know, the other one is probably the kid at Arkansas or one of the kids at, at Georgia. Um, you know, we don't have anybody that's in the same tier as, as those guys. Um, I, I yeah, think- I'll tell you one thing to be encouraged about, though, about this is when Coach Martinez was asked about Gabe Judy Lawley today, the first, the thing he kept talking about was he's so consistent. He said he's Mr. Steady Eddie out there. He, he's got, he, he said he approaches it like a pro, and it's starting to rub off on his teammates. That's something to be encouraged about. They also allowed the media to watch one-on-ones um, today, which was which was new. They don't typically let them stay to see that because they go in order of depth chart. Um, and it was interesting to hear who was going when. Um, the first team safeties were still Andre Turrentine and Wesley Walker. Um, Walker didn't do a whole lot. He's being limited right now, but he was he was involved. Um, the star is uh, who we all would expect. It's um, Tamarian McDonald. Um, the corners, Gabe Judy, Judy Lolly is actually being held out right now. He was in a red no-contact jersey, um, but the assumption is that he would have been the starter. Instead, it was um, Kamal Haddon and uh, Danico Slaughter. But they also mentioned Brandon Turnage was running with the ones quite a bit at corner, which was interesting. Um, Christian Charles wasn't really mentioned. Um, he was with the twos, kind of with the threes. Um, so it was it was interesting to hear. Uh, Warren Burrell got some run at corner. Um, but it was it was interesting to hear who was going where. It was interesting when Martinez was asked about turnage today. He said, when Brandon's fully healthy, he's the best that it gets. Yeah. And that's high praise. That's high praise. And we've seen um, those flashes. He's had some games where it's like, why is this guy not out there all the time? Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Jones said, NIL is even a playing field and put fear back into Bama, Georgia. Again, when they think Tennessee, they have nightmares. Uh, NIL has certainly been Tennessee's friend. And kudos yeah. to Tennessee that they they are the reason that's the case. Yeah, they were ready for it. They had a plan for it, and man, they 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 have dominated how they have put that together. Um, Mr. Jones is excited about Nico Slaughter this year. Yep, uh, we all are absolutely. Um, if you had one season that's not the '98 season, what would be your favorite? Or if we're talking about since '98, I would say last year because it was just mm. enjoyable. Because not only were they winning, but they're putting up fifty something points a game. And he had a guy like Hinnon Hooker at quarterback who he may be the easiest person to root for in the history of the game. I mean, he's just just awesome guy. So that would be my answer. I would say the same thing. And I would also add, you know, you can feel pride. Um, it, it conveys. And you know when a team really cares about what they're doing and who they're doing it for versus teams who don't. And I felt like watching that Tennessee team last year, we were watching a a whole roster of guys who took a ton of pride in the fact that they were playing for Tennessee and, and really wanted 
to make sure that Tennessee was back in its rightful place of, of superiority in college football um, because they, they wanted to be prideful about the fact that they were a part of it. Um, Absolutely. I, I felt like that really conveyed from that group. I think that's a great answer. Uh, Mr. Jones agreed. He said 2022 as well. Uh, just a man in Michigan's or Mr. Jones said, if the D line gets pressure, you'd be surprised how good the secondary can look 100%. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, what's so encouraging about this year is because we should see that happen on a consistent basis this year. Yeah. If you haven't totally seen Joshua agree. Joseph's lately, go pull up that dude's pictures. <laughs> He's added about 20 pounds of muscle. He looks like an absolute freak. Yeah. It's impressive. Uh, Justin Man Michigan said the frustrating thing is Emmanuel Mosley was mediocre at Tennessee and has been a really solid pro. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Uh Coach absolutely. Martinez. Yep. That's right. Uh so here's a good question. This is a really good question. He said, Are you worried about Cooper May's injury? Not a position we can afford to lose. Okay. One hundred percent totally agree. That is an incredibly valuable position. And Cooper Mays is an incredibly valuable person at that position. Am I worried about it? And Rustin, you can chime in too. I would say yes. And, and here's why I say that. We were told by Coach Heupel in his press conference after it happened that he had a minor procedure the day before that press conference. He'd be out a couple of weeks and he'd be back in time for the opener. All right. I said this on a show a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. That is almost the exact same thing we heard about Cedric Tillman last year. We were told he had a minor, minor procedure on his ankle. He'd be out a couple weeks and then he'd be back. And he played in one game the rest of the season. And he didn't even play the whole game. Um, that's so, yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, strike three, as Michael Scott would say. Uh, you know, that that it's just eerily similar, unfortunately. So I hope I'm totally wrong. I'm hope I hope I'm really wrong, and I hope he's totally fine. Uh if he is able to play, I hope it's not an injury that's like a nagging injury that just kind of lingers all season long. I hope he's able to get fully healthy. And you know what? If they have to hold him out against Virginia to make sure he gets fully healthy, if they have to hold him out against Austin P after that to make sure he gets fully healthy before Florida, please do so. Because I think we can beat Virginia and Austin P without him in the lineup. We need him for Florida. That's that's the thing. What were you going to say, Rustin? Um, Cooper's one of the top two centers in the entire SEC. He's either number one or number two. You can't replace that guy. So, you know, are you worried about his injury? Sure, because he's one of the best centers in the entire country. Um, the one thing I, I, I do find some reassurance in, we originally were told Addison Nichols was going to be the backup. Um, Glenn Ellerby shuffled things and has since moved Ollie Lane to center so he could get Andre Carrick in at left guard. Um, so you've got... You've got John Campbell at left tackle, Andre Carrick at left guard, Ollie Lane, who's an absolute mountain at center. 
you've got Javante Spragans at right guard, and you've got Gerald Mincy and and uh, Crawford fighting it out at right tackle. We finally have depth. We've never yeah. ever had depth. We've never had the ability that if somebody not got in injured, we can just shuffle people around and get five really good linemen in there. And yeah. for the first time ever, we can actually do that. So am I worried about Cooper's injury? I'm worried from the standpoint of we can't ever replace that guy. I'm not worried from the perspective of depth because Glenn Ellerby's an excellent coach and he's proven over and over again he develops really good players. And he's finding creative ways to get his five best linemen out there. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Jones said beating Alabama was the best scene in all of college football, including national championship, sea of oranges unmatched. I 100% agree. Uh, absolutely. I think anybody would agree with that if they're being honest. Uh, Tyler, he, his batter ball syndrome's flaring up here. Mm-hmm. He said, I just have a hard time with that South Carolina loss from the 2022 team. Because the question earlier was, what would be our favorite team? And he said, that's the one that I, he struggles with. There's something in Williams Bryce that is just difficult to win there. I can't explain it. Um, part of it was that they top dressed the field before the game (laughs) and it was like sand everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an electric place. Uh, Heupel said he would be, we would be elite on defense so far. He has delivered, uh, he, um, this year will tell the tale. I think on that, uh, Hey, traveling fools. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, that's awesome. Good to see y'all. I'm glad you're joining us. Um, Mr. Jones said South Carolina sabotaged the field with potholes. <laughs> they were actually sand, sand dunes, but yeah, sand dunes. Thing. Yeah. Um, Zach said Joseph's is huge. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he sure is. He has gotten in the weight room this summer for sure. Um, he knows where it's located. Yeah. Yeah. He may have a key to the, the door at night or something. Um, cause he's been in there. Uh, all right. So this is a good question to end on right here. This will be our last one. This is a good question. Just a man in Michigan said, are SEC road environments just tougher to play in now than they used to be? Or is it a Tennessee problem? They have so many penalties on the road. So, uh, um, I think there are certain stadiums, and Rustin can agree or disagree with me here. I think there are certain stadiums that are very difficult to play in, especially at night, which is why I think the LSU game last year was so different than what anybody expected because Tennessee fans showed up full force, and it was a noon game, so it wasn't at night. 11 o'clock local time. Yeah, exactly. And so – they didn't, it was not as loud as it normally would have been. And the fact that we recovered a fumble on the opening kickoff totally deflated that place, changed the, changed the whole complexion of it. Um, I think so. So here's, here's a, here's what, here's what is a good question here for based off of what Justin Man Michigan said. This will be the last year that we ever get to see this or, or we can say this. But, you know, up until now, even-numbered years are good home games for Tennessee because they had Bama and Florida at home. Odd-numbered years, um, you have to go to Bama and Florida 
And that's what they'll have this year. So we'll find out uh, early at, at the swamp how Tennessee handles a tough road environment. Uh, we're going to find out. So that this question will be answered very soon uh, because a month from now, actually, because week three, we're going to know. We're going to know how this team in particular handles that. Um, I was watching actually earlier today, I was watching the Clemson game, the orange bowl. And uh, there was one series. And I think it was the end of the first quarter where we had like two or three false starts, but uh, you know, that was a neutral site. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Were you just missing Cade Klubnik's parents decide to throw that up just to. Yeah. That's exactly that relationship. <laughs> I felt like I knew him and then I hadn't seen him in a while. So I should check on him. Uh, they were still there, by the way, they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach said I, we're I still having is, trouble. I think it is environment. Uh, I think even if you look at the worst teams in the sec, remove Vanderbilt, cause that's not real. But you know, <laughs> when you look at the rest of them, I mean, even Missouri, as bad as they are, you don't want to go to Missouri in November. It's it's yeah. a miserable place to play a game, and it's it's the weather creates a weird home field advantage. Mississippi State, even on the years when they're terrible, you still got to go down there and listen to those cowbells ring for forty eight minutes or sixty minutes. Um, and you know, it's just at some point it just starts wearing on you. So I, I think environment does matter. It's I mean the SEC motto: it just means more. Um, I think that gets yep. played out in stadiums all over the SEC every weekend. Totally agree. Mr. Jones said Vols fans travel better than any other team in the country. That's true. Yep. He said we took over at LSU Stadium. No one ever does that. That's exactly right. Uh, that, uh, I think it caught them off guard. I agree. Totally. Um, you know, we, we just got a commitment from an offensive lineman who was at that game, and he said Tennessee first got on his radar because how many Tennessee fans – we're in LSU stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, Joe doesn't lose in Florida. He catches rabbits in Florida too. Uh, so that's, that's exactly lots of right. them apparently. Yep. Um, Tyler makes a good point. So this, this, this will be a double-edged sword here. In my opinion, uh, Florida will be hurting after a loss to the Utes. I agree. I totally believe Utah is going to beat Florida it will be interesting to see how they respond to that because listen, they Napier knows, man, like he knows they have to beat Tennessee. If they don't all of a sudden they're looking at a long, long season ahead of them. So he's going to be okay. Last year in Neyland stadium, Napier punted like maybe twice the whole game and went for it on fourth down over and over and over and over because he knew he had to keep up with their offense. And that was at Neyland when the crowd was loud and that kind of stuff. Man, I can't, I don't even know if he'll punt a single time uh, in the swamp this year because he'll have the crowd on his side. They won't be loud when he's trying to call plays. So he's going to be pulling out every possible thing he can do to beat Tennessee in that game. It's, I think Tennessee wins, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway by any means. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zach said, good night, guys. After tonight, 17 days. Amen, brother. 
Uh, Zach, it's great to see you, buddy. We always enjoy having you on here. You're the man. Uh, just a man in Michigan said, I was at the LSU game. LSU fans were stunned how many Tennessee fans were there. Um, that that would have been – I w- wish I had been there too. That I'm sure that was incredible to watch, especially seeing just how much orange was there. That's so cool. Um, the UT Florida game is a springboard game for both teams. It's rare either team is a good year after a loss. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that that is going to be – listen, both teams have question marks around them going into that game. You know, is Tennessee for real? They're, they're listen. They're, they're going to be playing Virginia and Austin P before that. No one's going to. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, they should beat them. So that's that's going to be the game that says, are they for real or not? I totally agree. Same thing for Florida. Um, yeah, Mr. Jones said, you know, fans are crazy. Uh, of course, absolutely. He says Tennessee wins big in the swamp. Uh, I hope so, but I, I just don't. It all depends on how bad Graham Mertz is. Well, and Florida's Florida's having some issues. You know, they lost their best defensive end this week to an ACL. Um, they're 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 running in some problems. Their depth is really starting to get hit. But I tell you what, you want an entertaining game to watch early in the season. It's going to be Tennessee, Florida, because there may not be a punter step on the field the whole game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's crazy to say that, but it's true. Like, there may not be legitimately. <laughs> no. Fun. That'll be fun. Well, hey, we appreciate everybody joining us so much. And, and awesome. You know, thank you to Carl and Doug for giving us the super chats. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Uh, we hope everybody has an awesome evening, a great Wednesday ahead of you. We are so close to Tennessee. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's batter ball syndrome, right? There. I, I feel that too. 4 to 14, Hail Mary. Absolutely. Um, Joe Milton said he doesn't lose to Florida. That's right. And he, that's right. And he, he, he doesn't lose rabbit catching competitions in Florida either. Um, that was still the greatest quote ever from Joe talking about rabbit catching rabbits in Florida. Uh, traveling fools. We're so glad y'all joined us. I, I appreciate you guys joining us too. Uh, we hope everybody has a great evening. We got content coming out every single day. Uh, for like the next week or more. It's going to be awesome. This Friday, Josh Mancuso is joining us for the second time. Well, excuse me, for the first time because Coach Lance Decker was the person who joined us the first time. So we got Josh Mancuso joining us this Friday. Uh, You're going to want to see that. He's going to give us his game-by-game predictions of Tennessee season. Um, Monday, uh, so less than a week from now, Austin Price from VolQuest is joining us. You're going to want to hear him. We got some really, really intriguing questions that uh, I think intrigued him too. And so uh, we, we're going to join, enjoy him, having him on here Wednesday or next Monday. Jeff Kate uh, from Off the Bench Sports here in Chattanooga. He also works with Red Zone Sports um, in uh, Chattanooga. Uh, it's all the recruits that are, he's going to be t- talking with, all the recruits in the Chattanooga area, Boo Carter, Marcus Gorey, Carson Gentle, uh, you know, it's going to be awesome. Awesome to see. Mr. Jones will ask him about Amari Jefferson for you. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's right. We'll ask him. About, <laughs> uh, Rebecca said she loves Josh. So excited. Yeah, we're excited too. We're, Josh is a great guy. He's been really good to us. Uh, we're, we're excited to have him back on the show. We're, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Travel Fool says one of you a musician. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we can sing a little bit. 
we won't we won't no. force anybody to hear that right now but my wife is uh she she's a musician uh but um i appreciate you asking that's cool uh mr jones said fried gator cooked live on the field <laughs> i love it um but we appreciate everybody joining us um uh, it's so cool to see like traveling fools joining us that's so cool because they joined us from another channel that was so cool um and we're, we're so happy everybody got with us tonight this was a good show it was a long show that's fun uh what that's our best that's our favorite part man getting to talk with everybody so uh Oh, okay. They, they said the mics made us made us ask. So that's a good. This is a Behringer XM eighty five hundred. That's what this microphone is. Uh, we got one for Rustin too. This is uh, an. I don't know what in the world it is, but it's nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, these microphones. There, uh, there's a, a great YouTube channel called Podcastage, and he reviews microphones and. It's 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 fascinating to hear the differences in them and stuff. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a equipment geek like that. I like on this yeah, stuff. I, I do not watch this. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh it is a stage mic. That's exactly right. This is a dynamic microphone, um, and it is what that gentleman on podcast just says. It is the best value in the microphone industry today. Uh, it is a very inexpensive microphone and it sounds just as good as some of the top of the line ones. So that's why we got it. <laughs> Bang for your buck right there. I appreciate you asking that. I'm glad you asked that now. I'll talk microphones all day. We'll do a whole Volbros episode about microphones if you want to. No, we won't. <laughs> that's fun stuff. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody so much, man. This has been fun. I hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, go check out Batter Vol Syndrome shirts at thevolbros.com. Um, they look so good. Look at that. Smoky gray, man. That's a good looking shirt. Uh, so we will see everybody very soon. Hope everybody has a great evening. Go balls, baby. <laughs>